0: Welcome to On Texas Football, a special Sunday edition. A lot of news and notes going around uh, today. I tell you what, uh, the Aggies are a disaster. Uh, Houston fires Dana Holgerson. Uh, the coaching carousel is in full effect right now. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton. This hey, is- hey,
1: don't, don't forget Billy Napier's lack of football awareness, situational football awareness last night in the half against Florida State. Don't uh, forget
0: that one, Bobby. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he, he just – Put fuel on the fire for him, uh, but I, I got to say this, Jerry. I, I'm thinking locally here. Yeah, uh, the Aggies are, in, in a, are just a hot mess. Yeah. Um, last night, it comes out that basically uh, Ross Bjork, the athletic director at Texas a put forth uh, uh, Mark Stoops, the uh, head coach at Kentucky, who had a 35 and 55. Let me repeat that: 35 and 55 conference win record. Forward, he put his name forward as the next Aggie coach. Apparently, Aggie's everywhere, including their board of regents, said no way, no how. Now it sounds like Bjork may be on the firing line himself. Uh, and they may be reverting back to a familiar name, uh, Mike Elko, the former defensive coordinator at AM, who has taken over a Duke program in the last two years, led them to a respectable 16 and nine uh shot here. I mean, is that is Mike Elko better than what they had with Jimbo Fisher?
1: I mean, what am I just missing something here? Unequivocally, I, I think. I think the other part of that was the players were revolting last night because they knew Elijah Robinson wasn't going to be retained if Mark Stoops was the head coach, and then I mean that set the players off um, as well. So that was another piece to that last night, and in the portal day and age, I mean you have 30 guys walk out of that program in the SEC. Good luck to you, man. I mean, I know there's some – got to change the culture there, but you can't lose 20 or 30 of the guys that they were probably going to lose. Um, but at the same time, that's a reactionary move, and not that if that played any part in it, that is the absolute wrong decision long term.
0: No, it reminds me of when uh, folks at Tennessee uh, thought that Greg Shiano was not the right person for them. And they went and got the great Jeremy Pruitt, who was an abject failure. Um, I'm not saying and he was a defensive mind, all this other stuff. Look, I, I feel like uh, I, I feel like the Aggies are repeating, uh, you know, the thing about history. You know, you learn you're supposed to learn from it, not repeat it. Uh, but sometimes you can't help yourself. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to go forward from there. Dana Holgerson fired at University of Houston. Gary Patterson's name's been linked to that. Jeff Trailer's name. Uh, likely to be linked to that as well. Uh, it, we don't know what Baylor is going to do. At least they haven't said anything as the time, at the time we're recording this. Uh, Dave Aranda lost to West Virginia last night, finishing the season a great three and nine. Um, they can't be happy in Waco. Uh, I tell you what, uh, all around me right now, it seems like a little bit of turmoil in college football. Jeff Levy, of course, Uh, the former offensive coordinator at Oklahoma or now former offensive coordinator at Oklahoma is taking the Mississippi state job. I've got to be asking you this now, Jerry, Uh, if Dylan Gabriel is indeed coming back for a sixth year next year, and Hey, look, he's been great for the, for the Sooners. If you're a Sooner fan, you want him to come back, but does that push Jackson Arnold away to another school? Uh, They're their heir apparent, no different than what, Arch Manning is the heir apparent, apparently, at Texas. Does that push Jackson Arnold off to Mississippi State
1: or somewhere else? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Somewhere else they run the similar style of offense. I don't think Oklahoma wants Jackson Arnold to transfer out. So my bet is Dylan Gabriel grad transfers to Mississippi State, plays his final year there, and Jackson Arnold is the quarterback at Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma wants to see Jackson Arnold transfer out of the program because if Dylan Gabriel comes back to Oklahoma, I do think Jackson Arnold is most likely to leave. Gotcha. I do want to say this. I, I don't have as we're taping this.
0: I said Dana Holgerson fired. There are sources saying Houston is preparing to fire right. uh, Dana Holgerson. I want to make 100 sure. Uh, hey, you that. know what, Gary, Adam, that could be correct by the time
1: this publishes. Yeah. But right now, I want to say preparing to fire. You know uh, what, Gary Patterson's got for him and going for him in that one. He has no buyout. <laughs> yeah, Tillman Fertitta doesn't have to reach into the bag. Everybody else, including Jeff Trailer, has a four or five million dollar buyout. So um, you know, there's no buyout with Gary Patterson, if that matters at all.
0: Yep, it's it's going around. I mean, it's just crazy. One of the things we want to talk about though today, Jerry, beyond the coaching carousel, uh, is the Texas Longhorns and where they're at right now. Uh, they've got Oklahoma State, and we just want to give you give fans a little taste of right. what we've uh, initial blush, really on what we know about the Cowboys statistically and what we've seen from them. Uh, let's just do an overview. They are heavily run oriented and have been under Mike Gundy this year. Gundy uh, is a little bit of a chameleon when he, when he, his team is best throwing the ball, he'll throw it around the yard when they're best uh, running the ball. They'll lean on that this year. They have leaned on a young man from Ulysses Trinity, Ollie Gordon, who is a big physical back, uh, not not, Dissimilar uh, to Taj Brooks, uh, but not the same either. I mean, they are they are power backs in that same regard, but built very differently. Uh, Gordon, I think, may have more home run power, Jerry, yeah. uh, more breakaway ability, uh, but both tough backs that take more than one person to bring to the ground. On defense, the Cowboys under uh, Mike Gundy this year have been uncharacteri- and uncharacteristically poor uh, yeah. overall. They are 112th in the country on defense right now. Uh, Second lowest in the Big 12. Uh, The only one worse is the University of Houston. Uh, So you look at that and things smell good for Texas. But as you say, they've won seven of the last eight, Jerry.
1: Yeah, they've won seven of the last eight. They're four and one in, in one score games, right? And those one score games are all... Uh, B- Big 12 play games, right? So, I mean, they won close games over Oklahoma, uh, Kansas State. Uh, they lost to Iowa State, and obviously they won against BYU in overtime, double overtime last night. But, yeah, this is not a team. They're 104th in the country on defense against the run. Uh, that is not good. Um, I mean, that is not where you want to be. Uh, Oklahoma State also, also struggles on third downs offensively. They're 76 in the country at only 37.5%. Gundy talked about in his press conference last night. But defensively, Bobby, I mean, I'm just going to throw some numbers out here that are crazy. I mean, against the run is where Oklahoma State's gotten smoked in Big 12 play. They gave up 220 to Kansas State. Uh, They did hold Kansas to 90. They gave up 226 to West Virginia, 277 to Cincinnati, 293 at UCF in their worst performance of the year, while maybe South Alabama when they're rotating quarterbacks. U of H can't run the ball and had 130. BYU BYU's not a good offense that ran for 130 last night. I mean, they struggle against the run. Uh, what they did offensively was so interesting, and I'm sure we'll talk about it all week, was early in the season, Gundy was rotating three quarterbacks every two series. And they were more of a zone run scheme. But after that South Alabama game, I think everybody realized, okay, like, hey, this has to change. They went with Allen Bowman, and they went to more of a downhill run game to feature Ollie Gordon, who was really wasn't even the feature back to start the year. He was one of a couple of backs. But they went to more of the uh, pull-two kick game. I mean, they went to more of the power run game. And since that time, Ollie Gordon, I mean, I think he's probably going to walk away with the Doak Walker this year. I mean, another big game last night. And, and they're in the Big 12 championship game. So Oklahoma State, to your point about, Mike Gundy, I, I've i always thought what makes him a tremendous college football coach is he does change. And he changed three games into the season or after three games to save their season. They were headed for three and nine or four and eight. They they had a three quarterback rotation. They had a zone running scheme that didn't fit Ollie Gordon. And he said, the heck with it. I got to bench my own son who was part of that QB rotation. And I got to go to work with what uh, makes Alan Bowman best and what makes Ollie Gordon best. Um, defensively, but a bunch of Texas kids. We mentioned Alton Bowman is a, a Grapevine guy. Uh, obviously, he he's from the same area Quinn Ewers is from. Ollie Gordon's a Ulyss Trinity guy. But you look on defense, Nick Martin, the linebacker has 120 tackles. He's a Pleasant Grove guy. Xavier Benson, the JUCO transfer, the outside linebacker is a good player. Pleasant Grove guy. All their DBs: Corey Black, older brother of Kobe Black. Um, DJ McKinney. The corner is the younger brother of, um, oh gosh, uh, uh, Cook uh, from Texas last year. Younger stepbrother of Cook. So there's a lot of Texas DBs on this team. Cam Smith is another kid from the Dallas area. They're all Texans, as you as you would expect with Oklahoma State. But Bobby, Oklahoma. let's just be clear. Oklahoma State has their work cut out for them. I think Texas is going to be a heavy favorite in this game for good reason um, because Oklahoma State's offensive line, I think, is going to struggle against the Texas defensive front. Uh, I think Bowman is not an athletic quarterback. So he's a bit of a, he's, he's going to have to stay stationary in the pocket. Oklahoma State, Brendan Presley, the slot receiver, is a quick darting guy that has 76 catches for about 750 yards. Pretty good return guy. But their outside guys are a lot like tech. They don't have speed. So Texas is going to be able to press those guys and play aggressive. Against this Oklahoma State team, and defensively for Oklahoma State, I think up the middle they're not as strong as they used to be, and that's going to be, create some issues. Um, and Kendall Daniels, an NFL prospect at safety, but they just don't have enough guys on defense for me. They don't have the rotational depth on the defensive line, and they're not they're not as talented as they used to be.
0: I've got a couple of notes here to to go over with you and see what you think, Jerry. Uh, you mentioned that Oklahoma State was in the seventies uh, on third down conversion. Texas is in the 90s. Yeah. So Texas not doing too good there. The big difference here, at least statistically, I, I look, even on offense, Texas total offense right now, number 14 in the country, Oklahoma State number 30. Not a significant difference, no. right? But to your point, defense is w- really, really significant. Texas number one in the country right now uh, in third down defense, Oklahoma State number 79 yep. by comparison. So number one versus number 79 on third down defense, red zone defense, Texas number one in the country, allowing only 13 touchdowns in 32 red zone appearances. Oklahoma State, meanwhile, allowing more than 50% in the red zone, 18 of 28, I guess that's more like 65% touchdowns. Uh, So very clear differences, not so much on offense, where Mike Gundy has found a way uh, to move the ball, uh, but... Definitely, uh, that issue uh, has been seen where uh, there is a statistical difference on defense in between these two differences, and that's not surprising given what we know of this Texas football team.
1: No, absolutely, um, and uh, I keep adding to that, Alan Bowman threw a pick six last night through two interceptions. Uh, the guy did a really good job, guarding Presley, so Bowman has 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions this year. So, I mean, a quarterback that has played most of the season has more interceptions than touchdowns, and that's because they don't have speed at wide receiver. He's having to force a lot of balls into tight, contested coverage, tight windows, uh, and I think that bodes really well for Texas. But, yeah, it, red zone, I think Oklahoma State, all, to- all told, is 70th in the country, giving up uh, 84% scores in the red zone, so... They got this. Is a really good matchup for Texas. You got to go out and play the game. You got to go out. Look, the one thing is for Texas, Colin Oliver can get after the quarterback. Now he has six sacks, but he's caused four fumbles this year. So he's a guy that can cause a turnover. So locating, playing well against that, that Oklahoma State has twenty-four sacks this year as a team. They have eleven interceptions, ten forced fumbles, four of those by Colin Oliver. 24 sacks, not a big number after 12 games. I mean, Colin Oliver has 25% of those sacks. So they do a good job on Colin Oliver. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State will have a tough time getting home.
0: Right, and Colin Oliver may be the best edge pass rusher in the Big 12. Right. That, yeah. This is the guy that that you could have circled because he had – I think he had eight sacks as a true freshman. Yeah. Had an off year last year, was injured a little bit, came back this year, and has and had another good year. They have a couple of guys on defense – that I would categorize as playmakers. Yes. Oliver is one. You mentioned Daniels as well. Uh, Zach Martin, another guy. They've got a couple of guys. What they have on defense isn't necessarily that, you know, the depth of a Texas, but they have a few playmakers. And if those playmakers step up and make
1: big plays in big times, it, it is what you get. Nick Martin, the linebacker from Pleasant Grove, he is the best linebacker that's the least talked about in the Big 12. He has 120 tackles this year, six sacks, an interception. I mean, he's a guy that, like you said, he's a playmaker. He has a nose for the football. He puts his hat on the football, um, and he can rush the passer. Uh, He can come from that linebacker spot and rush the passer. Uh, So they got two guys, really. That you you watch for one on the edge, Colin Oliver, and one at linebacker, Nick Martin. The key with Nick Martin is is Oklahoma State going to bring him a lot on pressure and take the chance that he's not there? I mean, it's almost a real high risk reward game for Oklahoma State for me because I guarantee you they're going to look at this game and say we're talent wise we're overmatched and we're, we're they're going to have to take some risk. I mean, you saw what BYU did to Oklahoma State last night. I think you're going to see Oklahoma State try that against Texas Saturday because they're overwhelmingly. Uh, Texas has an overwhelming talent advantage in this game.
0: Well, and and let's be clear, uh, Oklahoma State outclassed Texas a year ago in Stillwater, completely confused Quinn Ewers with their defense. uh, And, you know, Texas spit the bit in the second half. Oklahoma State uh, went on to win. Of course, that was with a different quarterback and Spencer Sanders. But, you know, I I don't know here, uh, Jerry, what the exact – you know, outcome will be, we, we don't know that Texas is favored by a healthy 11 and a half points. I believe right now or uh, in between 10 and a half and 11 and a half. That to me uh, kind of tells me that, that, you know, Vegas certainly thinks Texas is a two score favorite. I feel Texas matches up well, uh, but the reality of it is, is Texas has to go out there and play. And this is a cowboy against a cowboy team that has some belief in itself, especially after coming back and scoring 21 and an answer against BYU even to get it into overtime. Uh and then withholding uh, you know, it almost feels this feels like Colorado in 2001 versus Texas in 2001. Texas the prohibitive favorite after, even after losing uh to an OU game in uh in uh, the Cotton Bowl coming into the Big 12 Championship, Colorado getting its stuff going later in the season that year behind a good running back in Chris Brown, you know, they, they ended up doing that. Will this be the same game? I don't know. Chris Sims threw a lot of picks in that game. If picks happen, then the game and right. two point that, that all changes everything. Texas has got to be careful with the ball uh, against, uh, against Oklahoma state. In my opinion.
1: I, I'll say this too, uh, but it's similar to a one, it's a Texas home game Saturday. I mean, can you imagine the jacked-up crowd? I mean, because the timing of this game, too. Now, the Pac-12 championship game will have been played Friday night. So, one of those two teams is going to be in the playoff. Yep. But Texas starts the Saturday morning games at 11. This game, Texas fans and the players are going to be jacked up for because here's the reality. If you win, you have a real shot to get in the playoff. Because Louisville and a, a, a Florida State play after you, 7 p.m. Um, that 7, game, is 7. They're, the, they're the night game. They're the last game. So Texas gets if they get this win, they look good doing it, right? But it's going to be a home game. It's going to be a great atmosphere. You know the Texas players are going to be jacked. That Bobby, the one thing I don't question with this team right now is are they going to be focused? This is going to be a focused football team uh, because Sark said, you know, has been saying well, on a mission. Well, they're one win away from uh, from uh, the goal, and, and as Matthew McConaughey said, didn't do they get a shot at the dream. But they they're going to come out focused. I think they're going to play a really good football game, um, and I think they're going to own the line of scrimmage. That doesn't mean Ollie Gordon's not going to get yards like uh, Taj Brooks did because Ollie Gordon's a good back and he does run hard. Ollie Gordon also was limping around a lot in that game. He got yeah, he, was, he looked a little bit like Xavier Worthy in yes. and out. Yeah, a little uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he's going to take some. He's, he's been taking some punishment. You don't carry the ball as much as he has and be close to a, really 100% your body 100% at the end of the year. There's just no way. And they had to lean on him so much to win that game last night when I don't think they probably thought they were. Uh, that That's the other key is UCF, he got banged up. They, they got uh, UCF stopped the run. Oklahoma State only had 277 yards at UCF. That was a game in the rain. But Oklahoma State only ran for 52 yards on 25 carries in this game. So while Oklahoma State has a good rushing attack, UCF said uh, showed that they can stymie that. And and Oklahoma State only had 277 yards. And flip side is UCF had 592 and 293 rushing in that game.
0: Difference is, though, those teams, Cincinnati uh, and BYU even, uh, as well as uh, UCF, they have guys that can run at quarterback now, mm-hmm. and so that's what Texas does not have. And that uh, that three high safety that Tech uh, that TCU employs, uh, that uh, uh, Texas Te- not Texas Tech uh, Iowa State, as yeah. well as even Houston did against Texas. That'll be in play uh, in this Big Twelve championship as well. All right, a couple of uh, programming notes. We're back tonight at seven o'clock with a live stream. Uh, uh, me, uh, Jerry, and Rod Baber is going to be joining you. Feel free to come in, ask us questions. We'll talk a little bit about the more coaching changes and uh, as well as some recruiting news. Uh, Jerry found out a visitor was on campus this weekend. And then also, I want to say this uh, from a programming note. On Friday, Jerry and I will be at Terry Black's Barbecue again. We were there for the uh, Cotton Bowl with the Oklahoma. We're going to go back. We'll be there at three o'clock. It's going to be a little bit of a happy hour. Everybody have fun. Come join us. Uh, But make sure you do that. On Saturday, I do want to say this. If you're going to Jerry World for the game, make sure you get there early because traffic around there can get really, really hairy. Make sure you get there early next Saturday morning if you're going to the game. All right, that'll do it. Uh, We'll see you later tonight. Uh, Jerry, thanks for uh, this uh, quick update. For Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football brought to you by InsideTexas.com.